you're listening to the Primary Medicine Podcast with Kevin and Dimitri, bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. So hi, my name is Kevin Milo. I'm an emergency physician in one of the leads at the Primary Medicine Podcast. One of the projects that Dimitri and I are involved in and have been involved in for over five years now is the Physician Empowerment Program, which I'm sure some of you have seen or heard or attended our events. But what we're really focused on is holistic approach to improving physicians' lives through education and a number of core topics that I feel like we often neglect in our personal and professional lives. We like to focus on financial education, leadership, practice management. And then today's topic is actually on physician wellness. And I'm very honored to have with us today a guest speaker, Dr. John Crosby. He's a family physician practicing in Cambridge, Ontario. He's had an incredibly rich and prolific career. He's been in practice for over four decades. He continues to write and blog. And he really, truly, when I think about physician wellness, John truly is one of the leaders and one of the first voices out there discussing physician wellness. And to hear his insights, and he's interviewed me before and we've had a chance to talk before, it's really eye-opening to talk with John and to see what he has to share because there's not only a lot of knowledge there, but there's a lot of wisdom. So I'm very, very happy to have you here today, John. So before we get started and before I start asking John a few questions, what I'd like to do is bring to your attention a little bit of the background of physician wellness and why it is an issue. And for myself, the watershed was the CMA National Physician Health Survey published by our CMA in 2018. And it highlighted the degree to which physicians are dealing with burnout. And the results are really quite staggering. And I'm not going to go into them in any great length, but less than two thirds of physicians are describing flourishing or good overall mental health. And many, many physicians are describing mental health issues, substance abuse issues, even struggling with thoughts of suicidality. So it is a huge, huge issue. And it is so good to see that the dialogue is beginning to emerge around this issue, because I think it's going to continue to grow. And certainly it's been brought to the fore by the pandemic, which has forced physicians to adjust their practices work longer hours. There's been a lot of financial insecurity there for a lot of clinic-based physicians. 20 has been a really rough year, and it doesn't look like it's going to let up much in 2021 as well. So what I wanted to do is bring to you today Dr. John Crosby, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm going to bring my first question to you in just a second, John. But one thing I wanted to highlight with regards to burnout is two things. Number one, it's probably under-recognized in our profession. Surveys do underestimate certain things, as we know, and one issue that might occur is if physicians don't want to admit on a survey that they're dealing with mental health issues or burnout. And the other big issue that physicians are probably quite guilty of, myself included, is that we don't even realize it necessarily. So it's not unusual for physicians to be completely burnt out and not aware of that. And I remember I had a colleague that worked with physicians in recovery and physicians who are dealing with mental health issues. And he said, very often, clinical performance is the last thing to fail. Their financial lives have fallen apart, their personal lives have fallen apart, their physical life has fallen apart. And it's only brought to the attention of a regulatory body or a hospital administration 
or your colleagues when clinical performance fails, which is frequently the last thing to go. So I think physicians have difficulty recognizing it. And I think in part that's because we're a highly resilient profession, that we do just keep going. We do keep working. We're patient-centered, but it can be to the detriment of ourselves if we're not listening to those cues. So I've, I think, provided a long enough introduction for John. John, I'd like to ask you first to please just tell us a little bit about yourself, because I feel like I only just scratched the surface. Well, thanks, Kevin, and thanks for all you do for physician burnout. This is huge, and I've been working on this for 48 years, and it's so great to have new young doctors take up the cudgel. So, yeah, I'm 73 years old, family doctor in Cambridge, Ontario, Canada, and still loving my job, still loving getting up every morning and coming in here and working. And I didn't used to. I I used to hate general practice. I hated it so much that I quit it and became an eMERGE doc like you for 20 years. And then I've been back here for 28 years as a GP again with two nursing homes. So I've done most jobs in medicine. I've been a hospitalist, assisted surgery. I've done admin. I've worked in walk-ins. I've run the hospital, delivered babies. And it's right across the whole profession, you know. Most burnout is an eMERGE because you're the canary in the coal mine at 80%, but the rest of us are burnt out at 25%. In my career, I got interested in this years ago because I could see it. And you're right, doctors sort of suffer in silence. They just keep functioning. They keep showing up. They're never sick. Nurses take lots of time off because they're paid to be off. We're not paid to be off. So we show up sicker than the patients often mentally and physically. So it's so great to see us finally talking about this after all these years, better late than never. John, what I want to ask you next is, what was it that brought you to really getting involved in physician wellness? I mean, you've written extensively about this, published on this. Um, Tell me, like, was there a, a moment? Was there a case that brought this to your attention or was it a gradual process? It was me personally, you know, back in 1973, before most of you were born or even thought of, I was a brand new young doctor here in Cambridge, and we did everything. I mean, there was no eMERGE docs, no CAT scans, no Ebola, no MRIs, no COVID-19. There was nothing. And I did everything at the hospital, and it was exhausting. We were on call all the time, and talking to patients, you know, there were no answering services. It was terrible. And I looked around in the doctor's lounge and I saw all these old burned out GPs and some of them were alcoholics and some were divorced and some had heart attacks in their 50s because they smoked. And and I thought, I'm not going to live like this. I am not going to have a life like that. And I've always been a hardworking guy. Like, I'm not shirking my duty. Like, I can crank through 100 people a day on an eMERGE shift. I've been seeing 40 people a day in my general practice for 48 years. So I'm another workaholic, just like most doctors are out there. But I didn't want to do it. I thought, this is nuts. You know, I'm not going to kill myself. I want to enjoy this job. I'm not going to be on call all the time. I motivated for myself. I wanted to fix me. And then I wanted to share it with every other doctor. Wonderful, John. So can I get you then to share today's topic? and discuss the mistakes physicians make when dealing with burnout, because I'd just love to hear this. You know, we talk about strategies to prevent burnout, 
We talk about strategies to, you know, catch it while it's early. And then obviously, you know, how to recover when you really kind of hit the bottom. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So looking at the big mistakes that I see doctors make over and over and over again, as I mentor them and as I give talks around the world and my blog, feedback on my blog that I've written over 200 times for the Medical Post, I think the biggest thing I'm seeing now, and this is with younger doctors and middle-aged doctors, we're not seeing it as much. I think the old guys are retired now or quit or they've learned to live with it. But you young doctors and middle-aged doctors, you're not disengaging enough. Like you're just, you are tied to your dumb phone, I call it, the smartphone. And I love my iPhone too. I mean, I'm addicted to it. I I was checking who won the Senate today at three in the morning when I was up peeing, you know, with my old prostate. And like, I'm addicted to my iPhone. I'm addicted to all this stuff too, but I really watch myself. You know, when I get home at night at five o'clock on time, I turn it off, you know, and I leave it in the car so I can't even get an amber alert to wake me up at three in the morning. I do that when I'm at the cottage and when I'm on vacation, we go to Florida, hopefully next year. And my wife keeps her phone on for emergencies, but I turn mine on. And I think you have to do that. You have to detox from your phone and, and we all love it. I mean, it's just like heroin to us, you know, it's got your whole life on there. But so I urge you, it's bad for you and burning out and you're not doing your job either. So when you're on vacation, please, please, please do not call for your uh, group. Number two is I look at a lot now, especially young doctors, middle-aged doctors. I was shocked about this. Like maybe this is an age thing or I don't know, uh, but like my wife and I have always, even since our kids were really little, you know, two-year-olds, we always took a vacation away alone for a week every year. Like we would go in February to Mexico or the Caribbean, or if we didn't have any money, you know, we'd go to Toronto just for a weekend. We would go skiing in Collingwood or New York State or Tromblon in Quebec. Or if we had lots of money, we'd come out to where Kevin is, to beautiful Banff and Lake Louise in British Columbia. And I'm seeing that over and over again with young doctors. Like I had one guy the other day say he hasn't been away alone with his wife in 10 years. And I said, why not? And he goes, well, we don't have any babysitters and everything. I said, and I said, a babysitter is a hell of a lot cheaper than a divorce lawyer. And that's the fastest way to divorce. And if you're putting all your time and money and effort into your children, and your job, number one should be your spouse, because they're going to be with you when the kids are hopefully gone. And you have to work on your marriage all the time. So, you know, I'm still happily married after 45 years. And that's because we sat down January 1st, and we carved out a week away alone, just me and my wife. So that's a, a huge cause of burnout, people not putting their spouse first, your spouse is ahead of your kids, ahead of the hospital, ahead of your clinic, ahead of medicine. Other things too, one of the biggest things is paperwork and computer work, Kevin. And I know that you as an emergency doctor, probably, I don't know, do you have as big a problem as that as we do as GPs or internists? You just got an EMR. There's a lot of documentation. That's actually the number one cause of burnout in the United States with doctors in the U.S. And it's, you know, way up there with Canadians as well. So that's a huge problem that I see doctors having. 
you want to choose a really good computer system if you have a chance. Now, a lot of times it's imposed on you. You know, you as an eMERGE doc, it's imposed by the hospital. But as GPs, we do have a choice often. So I urge you to choose wisely. Talk to other doctors. Don't talk to the vendor. I mean, they're trying to sell you something. Talk to other doctors who've used it. I'm really lucky. Mine is PS Suite by TELUS. My next door neighbor invented it. So he prototyped it through me. So just pure luck, pure dumb, blind luck that I got in on the ground floor with this. I don't make any money from it. There's no conflict of interest. I buy him lunches. He hasn't even bought me a lunch, Jim Cavanaugh. But it has taken away my burnout. So instead of causing burnout, this has taken it away. So it is just so wonderful. And one of my big complaints in Emerge is they have the crummy handwriting, and I want to go down and strangle all of them. I can't read what they wrote. So I really urge everybody to start typing everything and get good software. Another big problem that I see doctors run into constantly, dealing with entitled patients. You know, I think that's huge. We're seeing that new. Do you see much of that out in Alberta? People demanding MRIs, you know, they've had a headache for an hour, things like that. We deal with a lot of patients. I think technology has drastically changed this because people can go straight to a web browser and start looking things up. You know, even just being able to text friends and family and and kind of get the collective wisdom of your personal circle as to what you think may be going on or what tests you need. So I I found that technology did dramatically change that conversation because your patient is going to ask more pointed kind of questions. And I think it's a good thing because you kind of need to be accountable and ready to answer their questions. But it can be a stressor for physicians who maybe had previously been used to laying out the plan and having patients go along with that. It's huge. And and what I recommend for that to doctors is never, ever apologize for the system. That Only apologize for things that you did wrong. If somebody has to wait three months for an MRI or a year to see a specialist, that's not your problem. You did not cause that problem. Do not apologize. Don't take that on as a stressor because that's huge. And I just always say to them, I can't build doctors for you. I can't build MRI machines. I'm doing my job. I'm seeing you on time. If you don't like it, you know, talk to the premier of the province, talk to the minister of health. You know, you can email them. You can Google them and email them. You can send mail and it's free. You don't even have to put a stamp on when you send mail to your provincial premier or minister of health. So I never take responsibility for the dysfunctional system that we're trying to make work here in Canada. And that's, that's a huge thing. And we're different from any other country in the world. We're the only country in the world with a totally free system. So for us to make this system work for free, you and I have to, and the nurses and the staff have to run faster and faster as the patients get older and sicker and more demanding. So that's when you burn out. I mean, it's like burning out ball bearings on your front wheels of your car. If you put too much weight on your car, those ball bearings will burn out and, you know, your tires will all seize up on you. And, and that's what's happening to us as Canadian doctors. Another thing, Kevin, is that I see doctors doing wrong is they slowly get into trouble. You know, they come out of medical school with huge debts. You know, like my tuition was 700 bucks a year. Now, you know, I made 85 cents an hour back then in the good old days. 
it's way more money today now, depending on what money we make as well. So it's like $29,000 a year. House prices have gone up 10 times since I came out and car prices, although we did have you know 20% interest rates. But, but you guys are in way more debt than we ever were. And so you get out finally with hundreds of thousands and even a million dollars debt. You know, it might cost you a million dollars just to buy a doghouse in Vancouver or Toronto. And so you're all of a sudden looking down and you've been waiting and waiting and putting off your gratification for years. And so is your spouse and kids. So finally, you know, you want and you deserve, you deserve a nice house, you deserve nice vacations, you deserve a nice car. And so all of a sudden, you know, you owe a million bucks and you start to come into work earlier and then you miss your break at 10 in the morning. You, you eat a sandwich at lunch, you go home at seven at night and then, you know, that's how you burn out. You can't do that for 40 years. I mean, the reason I'm still sitting here happy at 48 years is I've always been able to take time. I take an hour and a half off for lunch. I'm home at five at night. I have good time management skills. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. And one of the central teachings we have at Physician Empowerment is that notion that your financial health is connected to your practice health and your personal health. So if you are struggling with high cost of living, high personal expenditures, high debt levels, it will inevitably affect your practice and it'll force you to work longer hours. And as you work those longer hours, you're more at risk of burnout. And certainly the job satisfaction falls. And as you talk to physicians all over the country, that is one of the central issues we're seeing, cost of living. And you're right, the enormous even debt levels you know, required to get your medical license. The other big one too, I think that's relatively new is certainly that training creep. Now physicians need to be graduating with one to two fellowships, possibly a PhD. There are still physicians that take up to a decade following medical school, be fully in practice and trained up. That has a huge effect on our personal well-being. I mean, that's more residency or fellowship hours, but it's also fewer years left in our life to literally catch up and to begin to prepare for retirement. As shocking as that sounds, but to be in your late 30s, maybe early 40s and looking to plan for retirement, it does come up in, in just, you know, two or three decades. The good news, Kevin, and there's always good news to all these things. It's good to recognize it and then to know that there's help on the way. So first of all, you know, you don't need the million dollar house. You know, we've always lived in a modest house and we still don't have granite countertops after 41 years. So uh, you don't have to have everything at once. You know, we're still fixing our house up. We've been married for 45 years you can drive your car for 10 years. You don't have to turn it over every four years. Like I drive my cars for 10 years. They work great. You know, I get the oil changed every 5,000 kilometers. So, you know, you don't have to buy into all this stuff of I need a BMW every four years. Like you don't need any of that stuff and you don't need to retire at 65. You know, I'm 73. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Lots of friends are working. I'm not on call. I'm doing half time. You can assist at surgery and you're going to be bored at 65. I mean, everybody's so healthy these days. This 65 was invented back when people all smoked and ate lard and didn't have base cell and got, didn't get their cholesterol checked and they all died at age 60. 
So we're living happy and healthy into our 90s now. So you don't have to rush it all and get it all and worry about all that stuff too. So it's, it's not as bad as it looks. But you need to sit down with your spouse and say, we can't afford all this stuff right away. So let's do one project a year. And, you know, let's do a budget together every month. One tip I have financially, too, is pay all your bills every month. Like a lot of doctors let everything build until April, and then they owe a huge tax bill. They owe for their insurance for their house and their car and their disability insurance. So I always recommend to everybody, have everything taken off every single month. You're not developing a huge debt by April where you owe $50,000 in income tax. Spend your net, not your gross. I think that's incredibly powerful, John. And, you know, that's certainly something we see at our conferences that physicians feel that pressure to keep up. And I think it's important to get back to fundamentals. And even as I reflect on my own life, you know, I remember being in medical school and, we, you know, my wife and I were in medical school together. And we had two kids at the time. Uh, we've got four now, but I remember driving a $450 car. And as I drive a $45,000 truck, I don't know that I'm actually a hundred times happier with my vehicle. So it's a diminishing return. You know, it's certainly nice to have bedrooms for the kids, you know, and a little bit of a home office now looking ahead 15 years. But the truth is those kind of acquisitions, the bigger house, the bigger car. My own opinion is if you're working more hours to pay for those things, they're not necessarily adding then to your personal wellness and your long-term financial health that becomes an important issue when you're dealing with physician wellness and burnout. Because I think my own opinion is, is that the single best cure for burnout is fewer hours. And like you said, John, you take a 90 minute lunch because that's important. And looking at your career, you know, the proof's in the pudding because here you are after 48 years still in practice, which is just phenomenal. Well, listen, this has been an absolutely outstanding opportunity to speak with you, John. And you know, like I said earlier on in this interview, it's not just the immense knowledge that you have, but the wisdom. I really value and respect that wisdom because it's been hard fought as, you know, I look at your career and look at how far you've come and how you continue to keep going when so many of us, you know, ask ourselves, well, can I keep going at this pace? But it truly is inspiring to speak with you, John. And I sincerely want to thank you for your time today. Thanks, Kevin. It was a pleasure. All right. So that wraps up this Physician Empowerment mini segment. I just wanted to highlight what's coming up in the future here. May 12th to 17th, we are doing a live stream event from Banff, Alberta, and it will be CME certified. We'll be covering practice management, physician wellness. There will be a live attendance option. However, it will be highly, highly limited and obviously subject to rigorous public health guidelines. But again, please keep in mind there will be the live stream option and you can go to our website at www.physempowerment.ca as in P-H-Y-S empowerment.ca. So again, thank you so much, John. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.